Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel, a channel focused on helping you establish a biblical philosophy of life that will empower you to reach your full God-given potential. For more information about our church, visit elevate.life. Enjoy this episode. Come on, give God a big hand today. So glad you're here. And um, if you're new among us, just go ahead and stand. And we, uh, we'd make some declarations together. And you can follow the bouncing ball along the, they'll have it up on stage. Uh, but want to welcome Drew Anna from New York, Vivian, friends, Yellowstone, Patty, New Jersey, on and on and on. We've got people watching all over America and around the world. But thank you for being in the room, y'all. Come on. It's going to be a great day. So let's put our hand over our heart. Let's speak from our heart. Say this with me. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I'm blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. Put an amen on that, by the way. I declare that 2022 is my year of promise for me, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare according to 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. Yes and amen. Come on. Today, I open up my mind to receive the promises of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended me to live. Let's lift up those holy hands. Some of y'all's hands haven't been holy this week. But we're going to make them holy right now. Come on. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you're here. Greet somebody one more time. Elbow them. High five them something. So glad you guys are here. Well, we are in our Level Up series. And... um, how to be a high-level person in a low-level world. And I just want to encourage you to understand something that uh, we call Elevate Life Church an incubator of greatness. So today we're going to talk greatness language to you. Let me say that again. Today we're going to talk greatness language to you. I, I want to pull the greatness out of you and want you to know that God made you not just to win, but he made you to be great so you can win. The, the big elevated thought for this message is you will never be able to level up until you're willing to grow up. Until you're willing to grow up. And uh, I want to talk to you about that today because we are in a series, Level Up, where we're really talking about our four core values at Elevate Life Church, and I'll get to that more uh, in a minute. But uh, the, the core value that I'm talking about is growth. And... Um, and I just want to tell you, and we, on, particularly in our online mastermind, we've done a deep dive over the last year on the difference between having a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And a lot of people don't know that they, by default, all of us, by default, we have a fixed mindset. Like there's certain ways that we think. Uh, by default, uh, my personality uh, directs actually how I think. By default, as a male, which that's what I am. Uh, God's son. Uh, And if you're a woman, you're God's daughter. And we just want to tell you that. That shouldn't be news to you, but it might be. But but as a male, there's certain uh, natural defaults that I have to think like a man. Uh, There's certain defaults that you have based on your ethnicity. And uh, there's certain defaults that you have living in the state that you lived in and where you were raised and the family of origin that you were born into. 
But I want to tell you something about growth, and this is so powerful. I didn't mention this in the first service, but I really feel impressed to tell you this in the second service. I really want you to get this. And that is that God made you to grow. God made you to grow. And, and it's, it's important for you to understand that. You're growing right now. And your life is either growing better or your life is growing worse. Um, your life is growing up or your life is growing down. Uh, your life is growing forward or your life is growing backwards. And that's what the enemy wants. The enemy of your soul wants to hit you throughout your whole life so that you'll stop pressing for growth. You're going to grow, but you have to decide how things are going to grow. So here's the revelation. You have a superpower. You really do. So you don't know you have a superpower, but you have a superpower. And the superpower that you have is to make things grow better because of you. Like my marriage can grow better because of me. My life can grow better because of me. Everything in your life can grow better. It's going to grow. And when you take ownership of how that grows, you take ownership of how you grow, uh, then there is a certain type of confidence that comes with that. So again, the elevated thought, I, I, have, the, I have the privilege of, of uh, really since all the way back to 1992 to speak in some of the largest conventions, largest leadership development seminars. I mean, from 92 all the way up to 2000 uh, and then to 2013. So I should say 92 to 2013, um, just doing 30 events a year with former presidents, world leaders, being in rooms, being in green rooms with some of the wealthiest people in the world, people that are shaping wealth like Steve Forbes, different people, getting to be around these mindsets and mentalities since I was 32 years of age and then up until the time uh, in 2013 when I stopped traveling on that circuit. But what, what I would hear in the largest leadership development seminars in the world, what I would hear people say, and still what I hear people say is, you gotta level up. It's like, you gotta level up. You, you need to level up. Everybody needs to level up. You need to level up. You need to level up. And, and not really understanding, and this is the key, that's why this is the elevated thought, the big thought of the message, is you will never be able to level up until you're willing to grow up. Just because you get older doesn't mean you mature. If you haven't learned your lessons from your past, you're still immature no matter how old you are. How many of you have ever met an older person that's immature? Come on. Uh, so you say, yes, yes. So I want to read you a scripture, and this jumped out at me this week as I was studying. It's so powerful. Hebrews, the sixth chapter. You can follow along on my chalkboard uh, behind me because I'm going to teach you some things today. Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in teaching about Christ. Let's just stop there for a minute. Let's get past the elementary stage in the teachings about Christ, advancing on to maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness. Doing this without, now, now, now here's what he starts to do. He starts to break down what's elementary. Without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and without going back again to Hey, you need to have faith in God. 
without teaching about all the sacraments in church, baptism and, and um, communion and all the things that we teach, without going back and explaining why we lay hands on people, that's elementary stuff. And without the resurrection of the dead, that's elementary. That Jesus Christ died on a cross and he rose again. Somebody put an amen on that. And yet it's so hard for people to even buy into that elementary spiritual thought process. And eternal judgment. That there is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And you will spend eternity in one place or another based on how you live on this earth. That's elementary stuff. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, let's get past some of that stuff. And he goes on to say this. These are all important matters in which you should have been proficient a long time ago. And we will do this, that is proceed to maturity if God permits. Wow, what does that mean? Well, let's read on and I'll explain it. For it is impossible to restore repentance to those who've been enlightened spiritually and who have tasted and consciously experienced the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted and constantly, consciously experienced the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, then have fallen away. It is impossible to bring them back again to repentance since they again nail the Son of God to the cross. Wow. By doing what? By being elementary. By being like a child. By being like somebody that's tossed to and fro, the Bible says, like the waves of the sea. Wow, it's, it's impossible to, like once you've got the revelation of what repentance is, to come back and find yourself having to repent again and, and saying, okay, God, I missed it. But, it. but here's what it says. Like at some point, we need to stop going forward and going backwards. Let me say that again. You need to stop that in your marriage. You need to stop that in your business. Most importantly, you need to stop that in your life and grow up. Come on. Like quit struggling with the same things that you've been struggling with your whole life. So he says it's impossible to, to keep going back and forth because by doing that, you're taking the precious blood of Jesus, you're taking the sacrifice of Jesus, and you might as well be re-nailing him to the cross because you're not getting it. You're, you're having to be told the same things over and over and over and over. So he says, for as far as they're concerned, they're treating the death of Christ as if they weren't saved by it. It's like, does this book work? Does salvation work? Does living for God work? Not if you're immature. You just keep being the same way you've always been. Oh yeah, I know that word. Oh yeah, yeah I've been to church. Yeah, I pray. But you act the same way. You do the same things. You keep having the same problems. So for as far as they're concerned, they're treating the death of Christ as if they weren't saved by it and are holding him up again for public disgrace. Let me just say a hard word, but a powerful word. 
when you're immature, it's disgraceful. When you, when you know better and you act like a baby and you're not a baby, it's disgraceful. Come on, y'all. So, so let me stop right there and just say something to you. I was telling, we had our elite mastermind on Friday and people flew in from all over the country, from, from Florida, from Ohio, uh, where's some other places, Josh, from Minnesota, uh, on and on. So I'm in a room and here's one of the discussions that I had. I said, like, Pastor Sheila and I, I know this may surprise you, but we still argue and we still fight about some things. Well, let me just tell you what I do. We'll be in the middle of something. I'll go, I do not like the way I am acting right now. <laughs> Try that next time you're being a baby. Your wife, first of all, she'll pass out. And then you'll have to give her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, which is a wonderful thing. <laughs> but I mean, just think about it. Like you're, you're like, you're like you've, you've defaulted to your normal idiot self. I know I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm talking to me. And all of a sudden, like, I see her face and I realize we are not connecting. You see, the purpose for all communication, personally and professionally, is to connect. In other words, why are you talking? So if you're talking because you're just being negative, if you're talking just because you're bad mouthing, if you're talking just because you're mad, you're venting, you're not connecting. If you're talking out of the worst part of yourself, if you're talking out of just your normal self, if you're not being led by the Spirit of God, but you're just, you're just being you. Those are the times when I'll go, I do not like the way I'm acting right now. She's like, it still shocks her. She goes, Guess what? When you get this revelation and you decide not to be immature, you quit acting like a baby in your marriage. In fact, your marriage is to help you grow up. When you got married, it was not about you anymore. And the reason a lot of people get divorced is because somebody or both make it about them. I deserve better than this. I'm out. This is not what I signed up for. I could just go on and on. But here's what I'm telling you. I'll say, I do not like the way I'm acting right now. And she go, well, 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 I don't either. It, it, like, it changes everything. I don't really, I don't really like, like it either. And I go, I do not accept this behavior. I'm not coming at her. I've turned it on me, man. All of a sudden, it's amazing how quickly things get resolved. On the other hand, if I do what a lot of people do in their marriage, I do not like the way you're acting right now. Boom, I just went defensive. I don't have time to go into it. But when a woman comes strong at a man, women, just take note to what I'm saying. Right or wrong, you're coming in your masculine and you meet masculine. And sometimes you're not fighting 
the good fight of faith, you're fighting out of your strength that now you're both fighting against each other in your own strength and there is no winner. So, so many people do not realize this about marriage. So part of maturity is for you to correct yourself. Jim Carrey, what are you doing? Some of you don't know this. It's a, anyway, others of you are right there with me. Why did he bring up Jim Carrey? I'm not sure, but... Now listen, this is huge. For soil, all of a sudden he switches gear. Now there's a natural supernatural correlation. There's an example that we can understand. For soil that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and produces crops, which is the purpose for the rain, by the way, useful to those for whose benefit it is cultivated. Wow receives a blessing from God. So, so God says, okay, here's how soil is. And oh, by the way, you're the soil. So when the word of God rains down on you, the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah 55. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord, neither are your ways my ways. So as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. Everybody read this out loud with me, either from this side or that side, but everybody read it on the count of three, one, two, three, high level thinking. How to be a high-level thinker in a low-thinking world. How do, how, do you, how do you become a person that you maintain a high level when everything around you, or maybe sometimes everybody around you is low-level? You decide you don't want to be on that level. For the soil that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and produces, everybody say produces, that's mature, produces crops useful for those who benefit, it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. That soil, that person who receives the word of God and actually applies the word of God and actually matures because of the word of God. By the way, all growth is spiritual growth. People try to grow in one area. This is what's wrong with the bodybuilding world. I've been in it a long time. I've never been a professional bodybuilder but I've been around it a long time. People that work on their bodies more than they do their mind. People that work on their bodies way more than they do their spirit. Why? Because they're, because they're consumed with the way that they look. But it's not just that. It's, 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 it's businessmen who, who just head down, butt up, go after making money. They're not about the kingdom. They're not about anything else. In other words, I just want to win. I just want to make a lot of money. Well, guess, guess what? Some old friend Zig Ziglar used to say, some people climb the ladder of success and they get to the top and they realize that it's been leaning against the wrong wall. Because I thought if I'd make a million, I'd be happy. I thought if I'd make a couple of million, I'd be, I'd be happier. And I, wow, I just thought, I thought when I got to this level, it would do something for me. No, because your focus has been on just that. So, so listen to this. But if it persistently produces thorns and thistles, what, the soil, the person, when the word of God is being rained down, you just keep living the same way. You keep talking the same way. You keep 
trying to solve problems the same way. In other words, you don't let this book mature you. You don't let the word of God that rains down on you mature, mature you. The Bible says, here's what the Bible says. As the rains come down, the prophet Isaiah said, and water the earth and make it bring forth fruit. So is my word that shall not return void, but it will produce and bring forth profit for those that apply it. Here's what happens in our life. No apply, no maturity. You know the Bible, you can come to church, you can sit every week and listen to this, but if it doesn't shift something on the inside of you and you choose to stay immature, watch this. Not only does God's blessing not come on your life the way God wants it to, but watch this. You never become a blessing to other people because of your own maturity. Mature people are a pleasure to be around. I know because I'm one of them. You know why? Because I don't put up with myself. That's where it starts. I don't put up with myself. You are not going to act that way. Talking to me. Sometimes Pastor Sheila and I'll be in an argument. I'll say, hey, listen, I, I really do apologize. I, like the way this is going, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to act this way. I don't want us to be this way. Was, I don't care what the issue is. I don't, I don't want ill-mannered behavior. I don't want rude behavior. That's why your language matters. The words you use matter. Because they, they either bring life or they bring death. They, some of y'all are still talking like you did before you knew Jesus. Some of your F words needs to change. Like forgiveness, favor, fun, faithful, friendly. But if it persistently, wow, listen to this, produces thorns and thistles. Let me, let me say it differently. But if you, as the soil, when God rains his word on you, persistently produce thistles and thorns, it is worthless and close to being cursed and ends up being burned up. Wow. Let me, let me start by saying what I originally read that captured my attention in the word of God. Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about Christ and advance towards maturity. Does anybody want to advance towards maturity? Come on. Now, let me tell you something. If you've got some money, then you'll know that maturity comes from the financial world. It doesn't come from the Bible. It comes from the financial world. When your money matures, it grows. When your life matures, so that's why you'll never level up unless you grow up. So we're going to talk about that today. Here's a couple of things. Number one, graduate from being an elementary Christian. It, it, you know, it's kind of gra been graduation time, right? It's like, Graduate from being an elementary Christian. Well, what do I mean when I say that? Let's take a look on my chalkboard behind me. Graduate. 
here's what elementary is and here's what maturity is. I'm convinced there's a lot of people that don't know what maturity is. I mean, when a child is in elementary school, they need to be fed. When a child's in elementary school, they need to be taken here and there. When a child's in elementary school, they need to have all their clothes bought for them. But when your son or daughter is 18 and they're standing at your refrigerator and they say, hey, there's nothing to eat in here. Really? Why don't you get your butt in the car and go buy something and put it in the refrigerator? You're 18 years old. I know it's not really a Christian term, but, but it is. This is a true story. Not that what I'm saying is not true, but this part's true. But anyway, I always love that. I'm going to tell you something true. Does that mean you weren't telling me the truth so far? Anyway, I was in Oregon, and this, um, this youth pastor, we were doing a tour years ago. He was speaking, and he said, some of you, you've been trying to get your life right but there's just a big butt in the way. He said, so I'm going to ask you today to bring your butts to the altar. And I want the big butts to come over here. This is true. I was there. And I want the little butts to come over here. Whether you have a little butt in your life or a big butt in your life, you get your butt to the altar. And he was serious as See, some of us want to mature, but the truth is everything before but doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 I know the Bible says that, but yeah, I've tried to tithe. Yeah, I've tried to live that way. Yeah, I've tried, but, but we got all these buts. Everything before but. If, 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 if you're ever in a conversation, so you say, you know, I really love you, but just know everything before but doesn't matter. So it's important. So here we go. Elementary versus mature. Elementary Christianity is, believe, is believing Jesus is the Son of God. Maturity is taking action based on what you believe. So there's a lot of people in the church world that walk around, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. What evidence in your life is it that you believe in Jesus? How has your life leveled up to your belief? Come on, is anybody with me? It's like, like oh yeah, I'm a believer, yeah, I'm a Christian. Really? F yeah. <laughs> You need to fix that. I said, you need to fix that. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Don't talk like you did before Christ, after Christ. It's a big deal. Some of our language is immature. What we say. Like when you're a cusser, really hear me. It's because you don't have any thing better to say. Cuss comes from curse. When you curse, you're cursing with your words, no matter how well-placed you think it is. I would be lying if I didn't tell you I felt like cursing every once in a while. But guess what? I would have to stop myself and said, I do not like how you're talking right now, Mr. Keith. 
So the more you mature, the less you have to correct yourself. Now, another level of correction is if you don't correct yourself, don't worry, your wife will. <laughs> don't worry, the people around you will. You see, if you, don't, if you don't judge yourself, you'll be judged by others. Come on, y'all, y'all getting this? I want you to see this. Elementary say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. How does your life prove it? Do you take action based on what you believe? Our job is to believe. God's job is to do. Come on, help me. The bridge between our believing and God doing the impossible is our willingness to initiate and take action. No matter what, I take action. I don't just believe. It's like, no, I'm gonna take action. So here's another elementary, a point of conversion. Lifelong transformation. I told our church when we were having our first membership class, we had about 357 people who were first part of our charter membership. And I stood in Buenos Nuevas Church on a th- right here in Frisco, Good News Church, Spanish church that allowed us to meet there on Thursday nights. And I said, we are not just gonna be a conversion culture. We're gonna be a transformational culture. And that means, watch this. It's one thing to be converted by the word of God. It's another thing to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation does not come because you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Transformation comes as you are renewed in your mind. That's what the word of God says. So again, elementary is just, hey, I'm, yeah, I love Jesus. I made my decision for Jesus. How has that changed your life? The level of your revelation will determine the level of your transformation. That's what we're trying to do here today. There's going to be revelation that's given. Everybody put an amen on that. Elementary needs healing from who and what has hurt them. Now really get this. Everybody needs this at some point, but it's elementary. Because most of us got hurt early. And most people carry that hurt into their future. And they keep talking about how they got hurt back there. Man, when are you going to grow up? Yeah, but you don't know what my dad did or didn't do, or you don't know. Listen, in many cases, those people are dead or they're not even in your life and you're still letting them mess you up. So watch this. The elementary stage of Christianity is I need healing from who and what has hurt me. We've all been there. Some of us are there. But watch this. The mature use who and what has hurt them to help themselves be better. So here's what I wrote for myself that I hope will help you. I call it a leadershipology. Whatever can hurt you the most has the equivalent power to help you the most. Now, I've joked about this, but I'm not joking. Again, my friend Zig Ziglar used to say, if my wife ever leaves, I'm going with her. But watch this. God forbid if Sheila ever left me, it would break my heart in half, but listen to me, I would begin to get ready for somebody better. Hear me, and she knows it. So it's like, whoever leaves your life, don't let them take your heart with them. God's got somebody better for you. But guess what that requires? That requires for you to be better. Or guess what? This'll suck like that sucked because you sucked when you were there and you sucked when you're here. The person doesn't make the difference. You make the difference. Are y'all with me? Come on. So again, we're talking about maturity. Maturity's not easy when you want to be mad. 
Maturity is not easy when you deserve to be upset. They should have said that. They should have done that. I was treated unfairly. Oh, God. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. So my family knows a family in ministry that have frankly been... I'm first generation. I'm first generation pastor, so now my kids are second generation pastors. So we're kind of still new to this, generationally speaking. Well, we know a family that's been doing it a lot longer than us, and a family that was doing ministry together. Long story short, the oldest son decided to leave the family and to leave the church, go do his own thing. Now the second son went to a therapist, so really hear me, went to a therapist and discovered in his 40s that he's got some trauma. Really? Yeah, I didn't know I had trauma until I went to see the therapist. Mm. So you've been doing good until you went to the therapist. Yeah, and then I found out I've got some trauma. So... I'm going to leave my family and I'm going to leave my church and I'm the senior pastor because you found out that you had some trauma that now you've decided it's going to be your drama. Now I'm going to tell you, everybody has some kind of trauma. This girl in the front row was a freaking stripperella. She was Miss Texas stripper. This guy on the front row was a preacher's kid. That as he saw family and saw different things, he thought, this is nuts. I'm going to go live life the way I want to live it. So Mr. Preacher's son ends up in a strip club and sees her dancing to Thunderstruck. heel shoes, Chris, were how long? How big? Six inches? Eight inches. Walking across that stage. They're on the front row. There's probably a little trauma that he was having in his family, that she was having in her family, but they brought their trauma together. And in a church service one day, not the preacher's kid, but the stripper says, you gonna do this with me? And used a few little choice words. Choice meaning the way she lived. And she didn't just cuss y'all, she was a riffer. Some of y'all don't know what a riffer is. She was a cussing riffer. She could stream a line of cuss words, you say, that sounds like poetry. Am I I telling the truth? Absolutely. She was a good cusser. So he stands up with her. They give their heart to Christ. How many years ago was that now? 24 years ago. Watch this now. That's what the Lord should be able to do. Not like, you know, I, I, I was a stripper and 
Chris, my family was, you know, messed up. And, and people go through their life immature. Watch this. Because of an uncontrollable. Well, this is the dad I had. This is mama. Or I came from a door somewhere. And so the word of God says, why don't we move past this elementary stage? Come on, y'all. Why don't we move past this elementary stage? Hey, you're forgiven. Jesus is Lord. But let's move. So, so here's what the Bible says. Well, first of all, let's put the next one up there. Elementary focuses on being forgiven. There's some Christians still. Oh, I just want to make sure I'm forgiven. That's how I grew up. Listen, the church I grew up in, I was down at the altar every week going, oh, God, forgive me. You know what I'm talking about, right? I was like, have you done anything this week? Have you thought an evil thought? You better get your butt up here. <laughs> forgive me, Jesus. Yes. I love you, Lord. Forgive. Watch this now. Some people just go from forgiveness to forgiveness because they're just going from sin to sin. They don't graduate. They just keep doing the same sin. Oh, forgive me. Already did that. About 20 years ago. Yeah, but forgive me. And we never mature. Man, I just should not look at porn. Don't do it. Whatever it is, be mature. Don't go. And no, I shouldn't. Stop taking over my hands. Don't hit that button. I know what it is. There it is again. Oh, God, forgive me. That's how some Christians act. Are y'all with me? It's like. Josh and I had the porn talk early. I go, son, you're going to deal with this. Just decide to turn it off. He, he, he connected us one time with this triple X accountability thing. And all of a sudden it was unplugged. It, hey, three days later, I go, son, what happened to the thing we were being accountable to each other by? Oh, I turned that off. Elementary focuses on being forgiven. Watch this. Mature focuses on forgiving others. You know why we have a hard time forgiving people? Not because they hurt us so bad, but because we just are so stinking immature. I can't forgive you because you shouldn't have done that. You don't have to be their best friends. You don't even ever have to talk to them again. Just forgive them. Release yourself. Turn them over to God. Here, here's the way you forgive somebody. You say, you know what? I'm turning you over to God. I've got a very dear friend of mine. If I told you who he was, you, every person in this room would know his name. He's kind of a famous person. His wife, after all these years, has decided to leave him and their five children. She's not going crazy. They both love God. She's going crazy. So he asked me to pray for him this week. I said, I'm gonna pray for you, but she doesn't deserve you. And here, by the way, here's what you need to say to her. Now he asked me to pray for him. 
you don't, don't ever ask me to pray for you if you don't want a plan of action. You know why? Because prayer only changes things is if you take action based on what you pray for. So I said, you, you sit her down, you look right in her eyes, and you tell her this. I'm turning you over to God. I'm not going to pursue you anymore. I love you. I will always love you. But I'm not going to live in this dysfunction of back and forth. It is not going to happen. Maturity. It's so difficult to forgive other people because we don't understand what Jesus said. Look, here's what Jesus said. Well, in fact, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, come on, y'all help me. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the next one? Give us this day. It's all sweet up until this point. God, just hallow, we hallow. Oh, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's where it starts to get hard. People just don't take it. They don't take it as being hard. Your job is to bring God's kingdom from heaven to earth into your marriage, into your family, into the world, into your life, into your work, into your money. That's where the work starts. Not our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done. That's your job. On earth as it, you mean the kingdom of God is going to happen if it's up to me. Yes. If it's to be, it's up to you. Give us this day our daily bread. That's God's part. God, give us this day our daily bread. This is where it gets tough. And forgive us, watch this now, dot, 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 as we forgive those who sin against us. What's the key to God forgiving you? By you maturing and saying, okay, if I receive his forgiveness, I got to forgive other people. If you got that, say, I got that. It'll never be easy, but it'll be mature. Here's the next thing. Now, I could go on, but we don't have a lot of time, and I spoke way too long in the last service, but I thought it was really good, and if you'd like to hear this part I'm leaving out, go back and listen to it. But the, the fact is, is that Peter thought he was, in Matthew 18, 12, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 14 chapters later, in Matthew 18, he said, hey, how many times should we forgive somebody? Seven times? He thought he was being spiritual. Jesus said, oh, no, 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 70 times seven. What? Oh yeah, 70 times seven. Wow. And then he tells a parable. You can go read it. By the way, I wrote this leadershipology for myself. Forgiveness is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Why? Because it frees you. Okay, elementary seeks to be blessed by God. Here's where so many Christians are. Oh, God, just bless. It's elementary. God, I just want your blessing. God, just bless me. God, just bless me. Watch this. Mature seeks to be a blessing to others because they are blessed by God. How many of y'all are blessed? Come on. How many of y'all are blessed by God? You are blessed by God. So you're blessed by God, not just to drive your nice car. Nothing wrong with that. Not just to live in your nice house or houses. Nothing wrong with that. But you are blessed by God to be a blessing. God, God looks at a person's ability and he blesses them according to that ability. Here's what's pretty amazing. And, and I'm going to share this, of course, not the details of it. But, but Josh, um, he's been around this thinking a long time, his whole life. This, this high-level thinking that I'm talking to you about today, because it is higher-level thinking. How many of you would agree with that? Yeah. 
It's higher level. It's in a low level world. You can think like everybody else. You can think like God wants you to think. So, so Josh, his house wasn't even for sale. This is how God blesses you when you're walking in this, in this type of favor and maturity. He gets contacted. Tim, make sure I get this right by another realtor that if he would sell his house, his house wasn't even on the market. And he'd been on the market, took it off the market. I don't even know how long he'd been off the market, Josh. A couple of months, right? Since October. So all of a sudden, he gets this call. Well, long story short, he just gets massively blessed. He said, I'll sell it for this price. So they, they do the price. They buy the house. Okay? Now, again, he wasn't at that point trying to sell it. And by the way, uh, you got one offer before. It was like a hundred something thousand under. Less than, less, less than what I was listening for. Less than what you were listening for. Now, did you list it for as much as you were asking? So he, he listed it for a hundred thousand less than he got when it wasn't listed. And the offer that he got initially was for 100,000 less than that. So it's not even for sale. Somebody says, hey, I wanna buy your house. He just says, for this number, I'll sell it. They go, for that number, we'll take it. That's the kind of stuff, listen to me. When your life isn't full of thorns and thistles, that's God's word raining on you. And all of a sudden, he blesses your soil. He blesses your life. That's the word of God. When you're not just, he, God does things like that for you. And so, so what's amazing is, is that right now, now, now when that happened, there were no homes for sale in his, his, in his neighborhood. Now there's a home for sale in his neighborhood that's about like his home, listed for 100,000 less than you got. And it's only been, you closed last week. So now watch this, you can say, well, you know, the housing market, oh, no, 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 listen. Because some of y'all know, it's, it's hard to explain. My, my friend Tim Grubbs, other people here that are in real estate, they can tell you. It's like, it's like chasing a pony and trying to grab their tail and they don't have a tail. <laughs> What's happening today? And oh, by the way, 2022, they're saying, they're saying that the interest rates are gonna rise seven times from this point on, which is gonna supposedly help our economy. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm not going to get into that just for a second because we're going to fix this mess sooner than later. I promise you that. But, but it's, it's, it's coming to an end, y'all. I'm just telling you. So, so, so listen, it's like when you're walking, watch this. When your desire is to be a blessing to other people, God blesses your soil. How many of y'all want that? Come on. Unsolicited. Here's another one. Well, let me, let me give you the scripture though. Because I love the way the Amplified says it. There is one who generously scatters abroad and increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due. But it results only in want and poverty. The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters will himself. There's that word water. He that gets rained on and then waters other people, he will reap the generosity that he's sown. So the crazy thing about Josh that a lot of people don't know, when Josh is a little boy, if you were invited to his birthday party, he would open your gift and there would be a kid that would say, I like that. And he'd go, you want it? 
And I literally had to teach him. I go, Josh, listen, we're generous. It's one of our core values. But at a birthday party, you can't open the present and then pass it out to the person that wants it. Just go ahead and receive the blessing on your birthday. But that's the kind of person he is. That's the kind of person that will lead this church in the future. It's somebody that gives like that. And the blessing of God is on his life like that. By the way, that's the kind of people you want to be around. Come on, y'all. That you want to be around. I was in Australia one time, and a pastor said, hey, I like your watch. I started pulling my watch off. It'll come up to me and tell me you like my watch, by the way. But anyway, he came up to me and said, hey, I like your watch. I started pulling my watch off to give it to him. I had to chase him. He started running away from me. Oh, don't run away from the blessing of God. He goes, I just said I liked your watch. I said, I know. Today, I want to give it to you. By the way, I stopped counting how many watches I've given away. I stopped counting the cars I've given away at 13. So today, the watch that I have on my wrist, which is a very nice watch, was a gift. Because when you're giving watches away, you're going to get some watches back. You give some cars away, you get some cars back. Watch this. You give finances away, you give. That's the way God works. Come on, y'all. That's the way God works. Really get that in your spirit. You might say, don't, don't let this rub you the wrong way. Let it mature you. Here's what the Bible says. Like, make this one of your favorite scriptures like it is mine. Ephesians 6, 8. Whatever you do for others, God will do for you. Buy into that. Believe that all the way. Here's the elementary. Praise to God when things go wrong. Oh, God, I know you hadn't heard from me in a while, but this is horrible. I need you to help me. Here's what mature people do. They praise God before, during, and after the problem. So David said it this way. Psalms 119, verse 164. Seven times a day, I will praise thee because of your righteous judgments. My friend David Stroud, who's on our staff, sets his alarm on his phone all day long. And when I'm with him and the alarm goes off, we all say, praise the Lord. The Muslims bow five times towards Mecca every day. God's already given us something that even trumps what they do from a discipline standpoint. Be somebody that sets your clock to say, I'm going to be somebody that praises the Lord seven times a day. And you watch what God does in your life. He'll keep you from being negative. He'll keep you from getting on the wrong side of yourself because you're praising God. Now, this is a big one. Elementary gets their feelings hurt for the same reason as people who don't know Jesus. Elementary Christians, they get their feelings hurt by the same things that hurt other people. But here's what mature people do. They're not easily offended. You have to decide that. You have to decide, I am not going to be easily offended. By the way, I wrote this for myself. I hope it blesses you. Spiritual maturity can be measured. You want to know if you're spiritually mature? Watch this. Whether a person seeks first the kingdom of God with their time, talent, and treasure. That's where maturity starts. Why? Because all growth is about spiritual growth. It's about leading your body and your mind, your body and your emotions by your spirit. You are a spirit-led person, led by the spirit of God and the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. How long it takes you to get over hurt, how long it takes to get back up when you've fallen down. 
That's how you know how mature you are. How long does it take you? Next, how willing they are to obey what God says. You know you're mature when you, when you can obey. Why do you think the devil wants people, in particular men, to have authority problems because their dad wasn't who he's supposed to be? He wants men to have authority problems because he doesn't want men to be leaders. Why? Because if you're too big to follow, you're too small to lead. And so you don't impact your family. You don't impact anybody. You just live your life, make your money, do your job, and try to feel good about a man in the process, about being a man. But how willing are you to obey what God says? That's maturity. How willing they are to submit to spiritual authority, how well they follow. How long it takes them to process difficult things. Spiritual maturity can be measured by how long it takes you to process difficult things. How long does it take you to process? To process through something and then how easily offended that they are. So spiritual maturity, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about growth. The Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 165, great peace have they that love thy law. Listen now, this is the Bible, and nothing shall offend them. That's the kind of person I want to be. I'm not there yet, but I want to be that kind of person. Come on, y'all. I want to be so mature that no matter what you say, it's not going to offend me. It's not going to offend me. So I wrote a leadershipology for myself. That which hurts you the most has the power to help you the most. God put the woman, men, he put in your life to be your helpmate. And your practice for not being offended is by allowing your wife to speak the truth to you and help you be a better man. That's the way God intended for it to be. It's so important for us to realize this. Great peace have they which love the word of God And when you live this word and you're matured by this word, you don't just know the word, but you apply the word, you do the word. You don't just hear the word, but you do the word. You'll find out less and less and less will offend you. So if you're gonna grow up so you can level up, here's the second thing, you gotta decide what matters most. We talk a lot about core values here. We do a deep dive on this in my personal coaching and with my masterminds, but I wanna show you my three sets of core values. I'm not gonna go into this, I just wanna show you mine. And I wanna encourage you to do that, why? Because core values are elementary in this house. And a lot of you don't have core values. And you need to, you need to bring that, that horse into the barn. Your core values are the what matter most to you. I'm preaching one of our four core values. We're preaching on our four core values in this Level Up series to level up by growth. Wow, I can level up if I'll grow up. It's like, okay. So, so again, you have to decide the way that when I wrote my book, Your Divine Fingerprint, chapter five will help you with that. Get your family core values. Get your personal core values. Get them done. Write them on your wall in your house. Discuss them with your children. And no matter what they go through, you'll be able to grow through it together because you value the same things, not because you're the same on all things. The core values are the basis. So again, for me, close relationship with God, close relationship with Sheila, close relationship with my kids. These are my personal ones. So what does that tell you about me? I don't just value relationship, but if I'm gonna be in some kind of relationship, I want there to be some kind of closeness. I want there to be some kind of intimacy. I can't be totally vulnerable and, and, and close with everybody, but the people, that, that's my heart. My heart is, that's why I get up here and I, as much as Pastor Sheila would like me to, I don't filter a lot. Because you can judge me however you wanna judge me, but you'll know it's real and it's authentic. 
It's not just, I'm not trying to patty cake around. And I'm telling you, most pastors are not like that. I'm just telling you, they're not. They don't want to say anything that ruffles anybody's feathers. They don't want to, I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers either. I want to pluck them. So they can grow new ones and fly like they never thought that they could fly. Come on, y'all. Health. Contribute time, knowledge, and money. Those are my personal corvettes. The corvettes that are not just on the wall of our house, but on Josh's arm, tattooed permanently, are honor, positive attitude, excellence, generosity, leadership. My children are very adept in living their personal and professional lives now by being core values based. It's what will make your marriage work. It's what will make your business relationships work. It will make your life work. Why? Because you decide what matters most. Nobody can decide that except you. And then when you're deciding that, and then when you decide that together and you raise a family like that, it becomes very powerful. Now our church is Corvais, which you're gonna hear about in these next several weeks. Honor, servant leadership, growth and grit. Little precious, all five, 304 pounds of her. She was up here gritting on y'all. She's like, you talk about a girl that's got grit. She just built a brick house. She is a brick house. That's old church song. She just built, she just built a brick house, a brick wall in our house and did, did the um, mortar, is that what it's called? With her fingers. She's cutting the bricks. Setting the bricks. I just walked in the kitchen one day. I go, what are you doing? Oh, I got to cut a little more of that. She's got mortar all over. I'm building a brick wall. Okay. Listen, one of the most important things you will ever do is to decide what matters most. If you're gonna grow up so you can level up, you have to decide what matters most to you. And the people around you need to know what matters most to you, and you need to know what matters most to them. And you need to be a a part of a church that knows what matters most to them. And get on board with that and let that inspire you and say, you know what, I wanna be a part of that tribe because here's what matters to them. So one of the most important things you'll ever do is decide what matters most to you. Once you've decided what matters most, spend the rest of your life to level up to your what matters most so that you can truly live a life that most matters. Is this speaking to anybody? Come on. Are you getting this? And here's the last thing. If you're going to grow up so you can level up, you have to use what gets you down to grow you up. Struggle well. Struggle well, my friends. I wrote this for myself. I hope it speaks to you. Never default to struggling with the struggle. Use your struggle to make you stronger. You know what we do? We start struggling with the struggle. Hey, what's wrong? Well, I'm just struggling with this. Well, can we fix it? Well, you know, I'm just struggling. What are you struggling with, with what I'm struggling with? And some people never benefit from their struggle. They struggle their whole life. Frederick Nietzsche said, that which does not kill me makes me stronger. As I close, let me just share something very personal with you. Always around this time, in fact, next week will be three years since on Father's Day weekend, after working out, 
Pastor Sheila and I were going to go out on a date on Friday night, Father's Day 2019. We were at our home in Florida. And we were going to come back, and I was going to preach Father's Day that weekend. And I told her, I said, something's wrong. I said, I don't know what. I said, but I just, um, I feel something I've never felt before. I said, let me just lay down and rest. So I rested for an hour, and it got worse. And then I took a shower, and I sweat more. And it felt like, the only way I can describe it is it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. And so she started doing what she does. She goes, I, I think we need to take you to the hospital. I go, baby, I don't think it's that bad. I said, I tried to make myself throw up. I tried to, I felt like stuff was blocked. I just didn't know what it was because I'd never felt it before. Long story short, she called and they said, y'all need to come right now. Sounds like he's having a heart attack. I tell she, I go, baby, come, come on. I said, I've worked out my whole, I'm not having a heart attack. We drive 30 minutes, halfway there, I felt everything stop. If you've never felt this, and I hope you never do, and you're alive to tell about it, you don't, you don't feel all the blood flowing and you don't feel your heart beating. I felt everything stop. And I don't know what I did. I, wasn't, I didn't say anything, but she said, are you all right? And I didn't tell her this, but I thought in that moment, I thought this is what it feels like to die. It stopped, everything stopped. I said, I just think you need to hurry and get, get us there. And she did. When they did the EKG, the nurse, when it came up while it was doing it, she literally turned and started running before she even looked. She hit the door, it almost knocked her out, literally. She ran out, she was wobbling. All of a sudden, a doctor comes right back in, he gets right in my face and he says, you're having a massive heart attack, we're taking you into surgery right now. I said, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. I said, I'm, I've just got a little pain. He got even closer, he said, you have a hundred percent blockage. We're taking you into surgery. So it was so funny. Some of you have heard this story, but so funny is Pastor Sheila. They start, I mean, they start rushing me down the hall and Pastor Sheila goes, hey, can y'all stop for a minute? I want to take a picture for the kids. It was so funny. It was like, this is, this is my wife, Miss Grit. She's not, she's not going like most women go, oh God, oh God, not Sheila. He's like, okay, well, hey, let me get a picture for the kids before y'all rush him into surgery to try to save his life. So I went, you know, I'm like this, I love y'all. She snaps the picture. The, the nurses were in shock. They were going like, really? And the doctor goes, come on. So we, anyway, they, they get me into surgery. So after it was over, I'm laying in bed. I've got IVs everywhere. And I felt so good. I was like, oh my goodness. This is late Friday night now. The doctor comes in, he goes, we, we were able to save your life. He said, you should have been dead. He said, I've, I've never seen anybody walk in with 100% blockage. You should have been out. He said, you, you. He said it's, it's, it's a miracle. I said, good, because I feel great and I'm ready to go. I, I've got to preach this Sunday, it's Father's Day. He goes, no, 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 we're not, that's, that's not gonna happen. He said, we're gonna keep you through next week in ICU, you've got to check your kidneys and we've got to check your a heart to make sure there wasn't damage and that kind of thing. It was at that point that I was laying in my hospital bed, I was by myself, that I wrote these words. My talk with my heart, I grabbed my phone, I got, I got stuff all over my body, all in, in my body. I talked to my heart and I said, we might be turning 60 in January, but you are going to get stronger. 
and the demands that I place on you are not going to change. We are going to defy age. We're going to get stronger and stronger. God gave me you to be my heart. He knew what he called me to do in this earth. So body, you don't decide what we're going to do. We, spirit, soul, and body will be led and empowered by the Spirit of God. Now, I'm writing this. I don't know if I was going, you know, at that point, I didn't know if my heart was damaged. I didn't know if I had kidney damage. I didn't know if it was going to be long-term, whatever. And I wrote this. I said, this is only halftime. We're going to go into the future more powerful than the last 60 years. So get ready, get reset, and let's grow like never before. We don't give in to sickness. We're not dissuaded by setbacks. When we have a setback, we don't take a step back, but we get ready for a major comeback. Someday this life on this side of eternity will be over, but that's not now, capital letters. So we, spirit, soul, and body will rest. We are not resting because we are tired. We're resting because we are recharging. Recharging in capital letters with exclamations. Once we, spirit, soul, and body are recharged, we will move forward supernaturally like never before, knowing this. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So I had to talk with my heart. You see, when you go through a struggle, you gotta have some talks with yourself. And you gotta let your body know that God gave you your body to carry out your mission on the earth. God gave you your emotions to work for you, not against you, not to get you stuck, not to get you depressed, not to get you angry, not to get you bitter. God gave you your emotions to work on behalf of your spirit and your assignment that he's given you for the earth. So as I lay there, I began to struggle in the struggle. It was a struggle for me to rest because the doctor said, you're gonna have to rest for six months. I go, I feel great. He goes, you need to rest. It was a struggle for me to relinquish control. I know none of y'all have control issues. I do. It was a struggle for me not to know. Laying there going, how's this gonna turn out? It was a struggle for me to trust. It was a struggle for me not to make a meaningful contribution because that is what gives me meaning and purpose. And so to be set on the sidelines for six months was very difficult for me. It was a struggle and still is for me to say I had a massive heart attack. It's a struggle for me. So this one struggle caused a cascade of other struggles and that's where some of us are today. Sometimes Sheila and I'll be struggling about one thing in our marriage, and I asked her this about 15 years ago. I said, if I'm ever just defaulted to my natural self and my passion has become intense, because that can happen. When you're a passionate person, it can go intense quick. So I said, if I ever become intense, I'm asking you to do this for me. I'm asking you to say, look what's really going on. And it will stop me and get me back on track. And I said, I promise if you ask that question, I will shift because that's maturity. If you just keep in your zone, if you just keep doing what you normally do, you're just going with it. It's mature when you can say, I'll stop. So some of my ongoing struggles 
I ongoingly struggle with discouragement every day. It's the truth. I fight discouragement every day. Like you might think, why would you fight discouragement? Well, number one, because I'm called to encourage people. So where do you think the devil attacks me? Not in my weakness, but in my strength. Because if I'm discouraged, I can't encourage anybody else. I could say a lot about that, but some of you are discouraged today. It's a struggle for you. But I can tell you, I never give in to it. I never just go, you know, I'm just so discouraged. I'm not going to do that. And that's part of maturity. That's part of you deciding whatever your struggle is. Sometimes you can't decide the struggle, but you can decide how you're going to struggle in the struggle. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. I struggle with people that have chosen to leave our family. I'm talking about our family of choice. I wish everybody that ever came to our church would have stayed. We'd have over 100,000 people. It's really true. 22 years, over 100,000 people. After COVID, over 2,000 people didn't come back. So would y'all help me with my discouragement and invite some people to church? Would you help me with my discouragement and come to church yourself? Because it's discouraging for me. And I'm just being honest with you. I struggle with mean-spirited people who say bad things about me in our church. I struggle with being rejected. I struggle with my want to be wanted. I wish I didn't need to be wanted. I wish I didn't need that. Like some people need to be needed. I don't need that. Like I don't need you to need me. But if we're in a relationship, I want you to want me. Like I want you to want to be around me. I want you, I want you to want that. Like, that's why I've never been hard on my kids. That's why, about this. It's like, if they don't want to be with me, then that's always going to be their choice. But the fact that they want to be with me, the fact that they want to work with me, that's why I say it's heaven on earth, because they meet a deep emotional need that I have. I struggle with getting older. I really do. It's like, man, come on, body. I struggle with judgmental people. I struggle with rude, ill-mannered, bad attitude, negative people. I struggle with not being able to help more people. I struggle with people who struggle with me. I struggle when what is real seems to hinder or stops the ideal that I see happening. Like I struggle because I have these ideals, I have this vision, I, have, I know what can happen and I struggle when I don't see that happening. I struggle with not being valued by people who I would like to be valued by. I struggle with my physical body not holding up to what I expect out of it because I push myself hard. I will tell you this, after my heart attack and after they put stents in, uh, I've stopped lifting real heavy, but it's hard for me not to because I still can but they don't know. They don't know if you, if you put that kind of, exert that kind of force on your veins, you pump that kind of energy and blood through your, if they, they don't know if the stent can even hold that. And there's debate about that. So I've had to really back off from that. Well, that was one of the things that, like I said, that was part of my, that was a part of my, like, just, just challenging my body, you know? So I, I still do that in different ways. But I want to leave you with this. First Peter 4, 12 through 13 says, Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial or struggle which you're going through right now as though it's some strange thing that's happening to you. But listen to this, this is maturity. 
but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. What are you struggling with today? Because he's here. And I want to invite you right now, just real quick. I know we've gone long. Thank you for your patience. But if you've got something you're really struggling with today, I want you to stand up because God's going to do something supernatural. I want you to stand right now. No matter what the struggle is, small struggle, big struggle, it doesn't matter. Just, I've, got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a struggle that's going on inside me right now. First of all, I want to tell you, so really hear this. This message is for you. We got to grow up so we can level up. We, we've got to be people that decide, okay, I, I am going to struggle. So I'm making a decision to struggle well. And how do you struggle well? You don't complain. You're not negative and critical. You certainly don't blame. But you just say, you know what? Frederick Nietzsche, who was an atheist, Soren Kierkegaard said, all truth is God's truth. And God used an atheist, somebody who didn't even believe in him, to make something very profound that's affected my life. And that which does not kill me makes me stronger. That's what I've decided. So no matter how tough something is, it's like, you know what? This is my practice. This is my practice. I'm going to get stronger because of this. And it doesn't mean I'm going to like one thing about it. But this is my decision. And that's when you become mature. I'm just At that point, when you decide, I'm going to use my struggle to make me stronger, that's when you get grit. That's when you get Sheila power. That's what I call it. You got grit. And so it, I find it very interesting. She talked about grit last week. And this week, I'm talking about growth. Because you don't get to grow if you don't got grit. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing that'll give you grit like the struggle that you're in right now. So let it have its work. Let it have its work. So you know what? I'm going to use this thing. And in the end, God will work all things together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. Listen very carefully. I want you to not hear me say it. I want you to hear God say this. You're very special. You're very special. And the enemy has tried to do everything he can to cause you in your life to think, if I was that special, I wouldn't struggle this much. I would say this to you. The more special you are, the more you're going to struggle. Because God's even doing a greater work because of how special you are. So some of you right now are saying, well, I must really be special because I've got a lot of struggle going on. Can I just tell you something? You are, you are. So if you're standing next to somebody, Josh, stand up next to Chuck there. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder that's next to you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come right now in the middle of your struggle. 
and give you peace. And give you peace. Holy Spirit, what a privilege we have to be led by the Spirit of God. And today as we have been taught the Word of God, the anointed Word of God, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God, I pray right now that in the midst of the struggle, you would lift the heaviness that's come as a result of that struggle. I speak peace, a peace that surpasses understanding. I speak peace, a peace that will bring wholeness and health, a peace that will bring prosperity in the midst of a financial struggle, a peace of knowing that God has given us a word in this tribe for this year, and that is this is our year of promise. And God, we hold on to the promises of God. We say yes, we say amen, because all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. And God, I thank you that in the context of this word for this year, you've given us a word for June. This is Axis Month. This is a month where everything is turning in your favor. I just announce, I declare that even in the midst of your struggle, that God is gonna bring jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, checks in the mail, finding money, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. And God, as we are in the midst of our struggle, we turn our eyes on you. We turn our hearts towards you. And we know that if you are for us, who can be against us? We know that your word says that I can, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. God, we stand on your word, not as elementary believers today, but we stand on your word as men and women of the most high God, as members of the royal family, as beneficiaries of the inheritance of the most high God. So Lord, today I speak hope. I speak encouragement. I speak life. I speak energy. I speak to dry bones. And I say, bones live. And Father, I thank you that new dreams are being birthed. New businesses are being birthed. New alignments are gonna be forged. God, I thank you that this month you're turning things into every person's favor and everybody said, come on, amen. Come on, would you come into agreement with me on that? Amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of our latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. That way, you know when a new episode has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, visit elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.